you. Uh, welcome to this week's episode of the Wrestle Strong Dojo podcast, where each week we break down episodes of Wrestle Strong Dojo on Fight TV, and we also bring you interviews with wrestlers, trainers, and trainees from Wrestle Strong Dojo. My name is Elliot, and always I'm joined by Sean. Sean, how are you going? Wonderful. Uh, just, just great. Uh, thankfully, I had a birthday during the week, so not only did I get to celebrate another episode of Wrestle Strong Dojo, but uh, I got, I got to uh, blow out some candles. Uh, that's good. And uh, uh, you haven't been to the Northern Beaches um, for any birthday parties there by any chance, have you? No, no. I, well, in fairness, I don't get invited uh, to the Northern Beaches as it is. So <laughs> probably best off. This week's episode, Dog Shot, uh, we'll be reviewing this week. Uh, just quickly, um, before we get into it, Sean, the show, uh, what did you think of it? Yeah, yeah. Um, we did see a lot of stuff in this show. Uh, we got a few more promos from some of our favorites um and we also got some some matches we did we did get to see our first uh i guess you could call them covid crowds if you will uh the first shows that were uh run in front of restrictions uh obviously with the with the numbers down due to restrictions it's going to be hard to get as much atmosphere as you got from the other matches but i still thought we saw some good wrestling yeah we definitely did and um uh, once again, looking forward to talking about it. And then we'll kickstart this episode of the podcast by talking about one of the first things we see, and that's uh, The Solution um, making an appearance from the Halloween show. I was um, lucky enough to be there live um, announcing that day. And yeah. he comes out and he, um, you know, sort of makes his, um, makes his presence felt by telling us that, you know, he's here to... Um, I guess solve the problems of Wrestle Strong Dojo. Yeah, um, so I wasn't aware that there was problems, but obviously uh, Jack Ellering has found some. Uh, he came out; he's very direct with the crowd. Uh, it didn't give us a lot of detail, but uh, maybe that's by design. Maybe this uh, Jack Ellering guy has got a few aces up his sleeve, and he doesn't want to play his cards just yet. But uh, no, uh, obviously, crowd wasn't too into him. And uh, but I don't think he cared. Yeah, he was a little bit cryptic, but uh, you know, I think as we keep talking about the show, you'll see why. Uh, we then go into another promo from Jake Gibson, who, um, believe it or not, is still frustrated uh, with the company. And I'll tell you what I was doing when I was watching this promo. I was uh, having a sip of some um, some nice Pepsi Max, and um, Jake said that he'll be playing by the rules, and almost choked on the Pepsi that I was drinking. Um, he did say that, you know, still frustrated at the incident with Alex Irvine, but um, yeah, also not happy the fact that he has to wrestle a match in order to get a rematch. Well, I know you obviously watching this on fight TV, it's not the same as if you were to say, watch something live on Facebook because I'd be putting the crying emoji, crying emoji, crying emoji for his, uh, <laughs> His performance there, um, play by the rules, oh, I don't think so. But, geez, he's doing a good job of complaining. I mean, you, you've given Shane Saw a bit of a hard time before, but Jake's brought it up to another level today, or in this episode, if you will. Then we go into our first match of the show, which sees Jake Gibson taking on Gujaro Pirana in a match that went six minutes and six seconds. Uh, where Jake was able to hit him with that overflow DDT. Uh, I think we said it before, very beautiful looking finisher. And he was able to pick up the one, two, three. Um, Jake Gibson, obviously, 
coming to the ring um, inspired by a a past wrestler? The uh, the late and great Road Warrior Animal. Um, for for those of you who know your history, the Road Warriors are probably if they're not the, they're in the top three of greatest tag teams of all time. Um, Road Warrior was the last surviving member and unfortunately we did pass away earlier on this year. Um, we can say a lot about Jay Gibson, but it was a nice touching tribute that uh, at the Halloween show, he managed to do a, uh, a bit of a tribute with the face paint and the tights and that for, for the great Road Warrior animal. Definitely one of my favourite ever wrestlers. So well done, Jake. That, that was a nice touch. Yeah, it was a very nice touch. Um, this match was a very good match. Uh, Gujaro Pirana, you know, we've talked about in the past. He's very interesting, very exciting wrestler to watch. Um, also, quite a, even though uh, this was in front of a COVID crowd, you could definitely hear the crowd was firmly behind um, Gujaro Pirana. Oh, the crowd loves him. I mean, it, it was as if we were actually in the Amazon rainforest and they were cheering their local hero. We weren't in Penrith Gales Club, but we were in the Amazon. Uh, they were really behind him. And I, I can't blame him. He looks great. He, he does some fantastic manoeuvres. And uh, I'm unaware if he speaks anything other than Portuguese or the word piranha. <laughs> but hey, he, he could be like a, a, a Pokemon or, or Groot, whereas in... To us, it's the same word, but to him, it can mean a million things. I think um, I like what you're saying there, Sean, and I think I tend to lean towards that one. Um, yeah, great match. Um, as I said, saw Jake Gibson win and thus giving him the opportunity to uh, challenge again for that junior heavyweight championship. So, you know, we're getting closer to Jake not whinging uh, with him picking up the victory here. So... Yeah, it was a tough match. It was a great match. But, uh, hey, you keep that Pepsi Max in your mouth, my friend, because Jake managed to win this one clean in the middle. Second week in a row that he's been able to win clean, which, um, Ooh, yeah. that's uh, No, that, that can't be right. That's, that's, that doesn't sound like Jake Gibson. It doesn't. Well, there's not, something strange in the air. I, I think we should keep our eye out. Some, something doesn't feel right. Some, something's just a bit off. Yeah, I mean, maybe he just wants to lose the uh, moniker of uh, Jake Foot on the Ropes Gibson, maybe. Yeah, well, he's on his way. He is on his way. And also in this match, we heard uh, Leto on commentary. Yeah, very interesting. I mean, we were introduced to uh, Leto just recently on Fight TV through WrestleStrong Dojo. I mean, we, we were both uh, impressed, but also quite frightened. Mm. Um hearing a talk was a little different. Obviously, we got her perspective on how she sees things in the ring. Um, but who knows? It could be the same kind of thing back in the day when you'd watch ECW and you'd hear the commentary of uh, Peter Sinertia without realising that that was Taz. That was a man in the ring that was going to kill opponents. So who knows? We, we could be getting a side of Leto on commentary and in the ring, it could be a completely different person. And followed this match with a promo from uh, Shaz Namaste. Unfortunately, Shaz does not look like he's in a good uh, good place right now. No, um, I, I, I'm not sure. Shaz is obviously very talented in the ring. Um, he's obviously got all the athletic abilities, and and he can channel that power through his uh, mystic nation, but. I think he's got a very terrible business model. Um, I think he should just just 
notice a bad investment when he sees it and just get out of there and focus on his ring stuff. What do you reckon? I think he definitely should. I think you've got a really good point there, but it looked as though towards the end there, things might be looking up for him. Um, you know, he looked up to the mystic nation, sort of questioning the mystic nation, whether or not he made the right choice. And he was, I guess you could say blessed with the box of, uh, what was he saying? Like, uh, teleportation. What was he talking about? Yeah. There? I, I, I don't know. I'm not quite sure. It's, uh, I think that's the thing about being so mystic is we can never be really sure on how any of this stuff works, you know? Yeah. I've got to say too, where he broke down, um, I'm familiar with that road. I get a feeling there would have been not too many people who would see a character of Shaz Namaste, uh, first of all, you know, breaking down and then walking the way he was. And, uh, I guess witnessing someone essentially hop in a box and disappear. Uh, it definitely would have been very odd for the locals. I'll give them that. And then after this, we uh, we've got a promo from Nate Carlo uh, talking about his upcoming match. Well, the match that he thinks he's going to have with Gajara Parana. Talking about how he's a big boy, Gajara he's going to squash him. But unfortunately, Nate, I don't know, may may have got a wrong memo there. I think. Yeah, poor Nate. I mean, obviously, he's, whatever we saw in last season, he really uh, got the rough end of the stick a couple of times there. I mean, he was unfortunately uh, eliminated from the heavyweight tournament due to injury, uh, thanks to the chainsaw. Uh, we see he's had a bit of a bit of a tough time with some good opponents lately, and now he thinks he's uh, <laughs> the king of clouds. I himself think he's going to be facing off against the, the small piranha. Uh, we find out not so much there. Sorry, Nate. No, we, uh, yeah, you're right there. Um, the next match sees Nate not take on Gijaro Parana, but Gigante Parana in a match that went four minutes, 59 seconds with Nate picking up the victory and rather controversial uh, circumstances. Yeah. Um, maybe uh, the uh, aforementioned struggles that Nate's gone through uh, with a, were the reasons for his turning character. I mean, we normally, we didn't see things like this in him previously. Uh, who knows whether it's his personal choice or whether Jack Hellering um, had managed to not brainwash him, but get in his ear really and, and turn him this way because we saw a bit more of a vicious Nate and uh, def definitely doing things he normally wouldn't do. And if you've actually heard him previously on commentary, uh, Jack Hellering has actually made mention of wrestlers that he feels as though just have not been given their due in Wrestle Strong Dojo. And he actually mentioned um, Nate Carlo. So, you know, maybe not really surprised considering if you go back and listen to what he was saying. Um, and it looks I, as though. I wonder if the seed had been uh, planted in commentary, him watching, thinking, hey, this is the kind of guy I need in the solution. Who knows how Jack Hellering's mind works? Well, look, however it's working, it's definitely working in his favor. He's been able to uh, convince Nate to join him in becoming the solution. Um, and yeah, a match. Is, is this the, the, uh, the inaugural member of the solution other than actually Jack Hellering? Did we, so we actually witness history. The first member of the solution is Nate Carlo and I look Jack Hellering looks to have chosen the right guy. Oh definitely. Look, I was gonna say the match itself, um 
you know, Gigante Parana is, is he, is he older brother, younger brother of uh, Guijaro? I'm not sure, but uh, I, th- I think it was quite a stretch for uh, Amy Action there to, uh, to wonder how many, how they must be brothers, how many Piranhas can they be? I mean, that, that's a big river, you know, mm. could, uh, she could face a bit of a, uh, bit of retribution from the uh, uh, Piranha Defamation League. <laughs> no, definitely. Um, but yeah, this match, uh, two, two heavy hitters um, prior to, you know, uh, Jack Hellering making his presence felt. It was a very physical match uh, from both wrestlers, a uh, match that I would have liked to have seen, you know, finish in normal circumstances, but uh, unfortunately, wasn't the case. Yeah, this, as we said, this was the first time we've seen. Uh, so I don't know if it's Igante or Gigante um, Gujaro. I, I don't speak Portuguese. Um, I speak a, speak a little Spanish, but Portuguese is definitely not in my wheelhouse. But I tell you, maybe if he is related to the smaller Gigaro, he uh, he probably ate all his lunches, and that's why he's so much bigger. <laughs> Because he's he's a lump of a lad, and uh, it was a great match. Two heavyweights, you know, ripping it up into each other. And I'm like you, I wanted to see something a little more clean, but Nate Carlo and Jack Hellering decided otherwise. Yeah, and I think before you mentioned um, the language that they speak, because it seemed as though um, Pirana was the only thing that uh, Gigante could say. It it, it could be uh, uh, maybe it's a certain diet from their part of the Amazon River. I'm not sure, but uh, they definitely know what they're talking about. And we even heard uh, in anguish Gigante saying it after his match. Much of the delight of the crowd, unfortunately. Yes, we did, poor fella. Uh, Then we go into uh, (laughs) then we go into next promo um, once again. Another train like Terrible, where we get a bit of a uh, sneak peek at how our mass trains this week. Um, I love this one. Uh, treadmills. Now, I, I've got a question for you, Elliot. Have you been keeping up with the training regimen that El Master Eble has been giving us each week? I've been trying to the stretching one. Um, I tried, but no one else wanted me to stretch them for them. Um, <laughs> that one, that one didn't go down too well. And uh, I tell you what, I, I I tried to do his workout at the gym. Um, that I, I tried with his pre-workout and I tried it again and I tried it again and I tried it again. And I tell you what, I woke up at the front of the gym. I, I don't know how he does it because this time, once again, he's shown, he, he knows how to think outside the box with his training. He's a, he's a, must be a freak athlete or something. For him to come up with that, I guess you could say gym hack uh, to conquer the treadmill is beyond me. <laughs> Hey, hey, who knows? Maybe, uh, maybe we've been doing it wrong this whole time. Maybe his knees will outlast us all. <laughs> we'll see when he's um, when he's running around freely um, as a senior citizen in Guadalajara. Sorry, in um, how do you, how do you pronounce where he's from? Uh, I believe he's from Guadalajara. Guadalajara. Well, you know, if he's running around and wearing wheelchairs, Gu- Guadalajara. Then Guadalajara. I'll get there someday. <laughs> Yeah, who, who knows? He he could be one of those men at the uh, at the chess boards playing away. He might even retire in Australia. And he might be at the old RSLs. Who knows? And so we go into our next match, 
which is uh, for the Junior Heavyweight Championship, which sees... Well, hang on, hang on, hang on a minute, Elliot. I think you're jumping the gun here, mate. No. I, I remember, I've watched the show, and as we know, we're talking about it now, and the next thing was not the match. It was Wasn't it? right after El Masterible's uh, wonderful uh, training regime, we saw the return of Shane Saul, your favourite wrestler. Okay. Look, um, I'll be honest, he is written down in the notes, but I just wanted to um, not talk about it. Um, but yes, you're right, Sean. We did see Shane Saw um, interviewing a cow. Now, you're talking about drop bears. You've got me very scared about drop bears. Um, what's he talking about here this time? Um, I do believe, was it, was it bunyips he was, he was mentioning? Some what's other a- uh, mythical Australian creatures? So now you're going to give me some more um, education on Australian wildlife. What's a bunyip? Well, I do. You are aware of uh, marsupials, which are, are very uh, common to the Australian continent. So we have things like kangaroos and koalas, and and the, as the aforementioned the the mysterious drop bear. Uh, we'll do see a bunyip as well is also in the marsupials, but we're not quite sure if it's, uh, oh, let's say, it, can it be found? Who knows? Is there a man that could find it? I think Chainsaw can, and he's got some leads apparently. Yeah, so um, he had a lead there, which seemed as they didn't want to um, cooperate with him and actually telling us what uh, they saw, um, probably because it was a cow and... <laughs> Cows are notoriously camera shy Seems as though Shane Saw's A bit of a um, Dr. Doolittle as well, is he? Well, hey, you, you must give him some props here Was not complaining about management Whatsoever Hey, that's a first What's, what's, what's happening here? <laughs> Jake Gibson's winning clean Shane Saw not complaining about Russell Strong Dojo management I mean, it is 2020 Very odd year yeah, you're right. It, it has been funny, but not only that. Have you not since Shane Saw has been on the lookout for these uh, mythical creatures? We've got two separate piranhas from the Amazon River showing up in WrestleStrong Dojo. Neither found by this cryptozoologist. Interesting. Yeah, I think he'd be mind blown as soon as he's able to get back to WrestleStrong Dojo. Who knows? He might even have to face one of these two piranhas. And talking about matches, the next match is for the Junior Heavyweight Championship, which saw the Vanilla Killer, Ryan Miller, take on Alex Irvine, the defending champion. Match going 8 minutes, 40 seconds, uh, which saw Ryan pick up the victory via roll-up. I don't know what to say about this match. It was a great match up until... You know, a certain somebody made their presence felt. Well, the the problem child, he he is a problem. Um, Jake Gibson, he did it. Uh, here we are sitting there singing his praises for winning clean in the middle. And here he goes on his quest to avenge his loss to Alex Irvine. Cheats him essentially out of his title, who was a fighting champion. And let's not, let's, let's not uh, take anything away from Ryan Miller. He had nothing to do with this. This was all Jake Gibson and his plot. Maybe his whole winning clean in the middle was uh, to put us off, to put Alex Irvine off, who, as a fighting champion, 
taken on all comers, has beaten all comers cleanly, if, you know, not so much as uh, unorthodox in some certain circumstances. However, unfortunately, he's no longer the champion and Ryan Miller was uh, was crowned the new champion. Well done to him. But uh, it's a shame that Jake had to get involved like that. Yeah, it was a shame. And as you said, um, you know, Ryan couldn't do much about the situation. We talked about something similar um, in last season where it was uh, D.B. Robertson taking on Dean Draven. Dean was um, put off by the music. And we talked about how D.B. took that opportunity of someone who was, you know, um, you know, distracted. Um, you know, yeah. Ryan did the same thing here. And I'm not going to bag the guy out for taking his opportunity because, you know, as as you said before, it was a great match. Ryan has shown himself to be, um, for someone of his stature, quite the fighter, quite the quite the wrestler with a lot of determination, spirit, and for him to pick up the victory the way he did, maybe not um, something that we all want to see. I can't help but, um, you know, give the man a round of applause because, um, as you saw after he won, the emotion that he had, it was, um, you know, definitely well-deserved. Now, I'm probably the same with you here, Elliot. I I wouldn't know what it's like to win a title in the ring, but I can imagine the the joy, the, the pure ecstasy from doing everything you can to get into that moment. And we've seen... I think Amy Action had said on commentary that this was the first major title of Ryan Miller's career. So bravo, good man. Well done. The Vanilla Killer is definitely a fan favourite of not only Penrith, but uh, all around, wherever WrestleStrong Dojo has been. Uh, Anytime I've seen Ryan Miller, he gets a great reaction from the crowd. And good on him. He, He earned his title shot. And unfortunately for him, he didn't get it as clean as he'd like. But... Congratulations to him for that championship win. Yeah, and also um, Alex, got to applaud Alex as well because it could have been easy for him to potentially lose it after uh, losing the title in the way he did. But, you know, he embraced Ryan, um, congratulated him, and um, unfortunately, as nice as the moment was, it was ruined once again by a certain Jake Gibson. Yeah, um yeah, what do you do? I mean, Jake Gibson strikes again, but awkward Alex Irvine, my hat goes off to you in the most awkward fashion possible. Thank you for your wonderful reign as champion. Unfortunately, Ryan couldn't celebrate um, for that long because who comes out but Mr. Coin of Chance himself, uh, Banjo Powers. Yeah, the hot shot uh, we saw in the uh, last couple of episodes, he managed to receive the coin of chance. Uh, I'm not sure if it was nefarious manners. I know WrestleStrong Dojo management said they were happy with it. And I know that uh, Amy Ashton said that he was the only one to put up a promo explaining why he should get it. Did Banjo Powers, did he somehow interfere with anyone else's chances of uploading those videos? Who knows? But he got that coin. And uh, he sees the moment. First ever Queen of Chance winner. Took, took it and ran with it. Took the opportunity. Poor Ryan Miller. Worked so hard to get that title. Worked so hard to get the shot, let alone win the title. And here he is, exhausted. Has to fight a fresh Banjo Powers. He put up a fight, but unfortunately it all just got too much. And uh, 
we had our second title change of the night, believe it or not. Yeah, it was. It was a match that only took three minutes, 23 seconds, which saw Banjo uh, pick up the victory and become the new uh, WrestleStrong Dojo junior heavyweight champion with a backpack stunner. Um, I'll tell you what, Sean. What a, what a move. That was a great move. I pulled that out of nowhere. I mean, last week we saw him use the uh, Sweet Suzanne. Uh, I was actually looking out for that in this match. He didn't use it, but he used the about, uh, backpack stunner. He's uh, he's adding more more uh, tools to his to his already impressive arsenal. I mean, he's he's got it. Banjo Powers. Uh, we've seen a lot of him. He's been in there since day one on WrestleStrong Dojo, and uh, we've seen him come a long way. And now he's got gold around his waist. So uh, he he had the coin of chance. He took that chance. Well done to him. Congratulations, champion. It was very, uh, very reminiscent of how Edge won his first um, WWE championship when he was able to cash in his money in the bank uh, when he took on, when he used it against John Cena. John Cena had wrestled a match uh, that night at New Year's Rev- Resolution, I think it was. And um, Revolution. Yeah, revolutions, New Year's Revolution. Um, Edge, you know, similar thing to what Banjo did here, used it at the most opportunistic time and capitalized it on it and was able to pick up the win. So uh, look, and we we were uh, introduced to the headliners uh just recently on WrestleStrong Dojo TV on Fight on sorry on Fight TV. And uh, it looks as though it was all a plan hatched between the two. Um Jake Gibson, former champion, Banjo Powers what can you say? You know, they, uh, it's their powers combined, but they're not exactly getting Captain Planet out of this, if you know what I mean. <laughs> no, they're not. And, um, you know, you talked about Banjo potentially helping himself when it came to the promo. Um, are you trying to insinuate maybe that there might have been a bit of um, promo tampering? Hey, I, I just, I struggle to believe that he was the only one to put in a promo for this coin of chance. I mean, look, look at what the coin of chance has brought him. He had one chance or he had his chance and he took it and become a champion. You're telling me that nobody else in the junior heavyweight division would have even done a two, 20 second promo for the option to try and get that coin of chance. There's, uh, there's something off about Banjo Powers doing that. There's something off about this whole Jake Gibson headliner, everything about it. I, I'm not I'm not Jesse Ventura, conspiracy theorist over here, but I'm smelling a rat somewhere. I want to believe you, but it sounds a bit too far-fetched what you're talking about, in my opinion. But, hey, look, if you think that, um, all we could do is just wait no, I'm, and I'm, see. I'm not, a, I'm not a flat earther over here. Nothing like that. Just, just something smells funny. And I guess um, you can't help but feel that way with the two characters that are involved. Yeah, we've got we've got the uh, Jake Gibson. I think I think it was all a ploy, winning those clean matches to put us off, thinking that he turned the corner. And Banjo, ugh, he's he's never been the most upstanding citizen. I mean, you wouldn't expect him to offer a, a sweet old lady a a hand across the road. So I wouldn't put it past either of them. No, you're right, and we actually see both of them to uh, bring the show to the end. Uh, where they're both um, celebrating the victory. I've got a bit of a, a little bit of a um, 
Jericho, Kevin Owens feel about this. Uh, if you remember when Owens was a champion and Jericho, they were doing their thing. Um, and then Banjo yeah. essentially uh, taking up um, Adam Fakal on his open challenge. Yes, uh, we do have the, the first ever, the longest reigning Russell Strong Dojo heavyweight champion, Adam Fakar. He has. He is also a fighting champion. He's put, throwing it out there anytime, anywhere. And uh, this little taste of gold. Banjo wants more. So he's, he's issued the challenge out. Um, and we did see after the challenge was issued, uh, Adam Fakar did accept. Um, now, did he think it was a Hulk Hogan Ultimate Warrior <laughs> title versus title, champ versus champ thing? And Thought he might have to miss a couple of meals to try and do that. Yes. Uh, was he put straight that it's actually only his title on the line? Unfortunately, also, yes. But uh, as you saw, he's determined he will put that title on the line against anybody. He's a man of his word. Um, he does fight for the children of Fakar. So good on him. And I'm really looking forward. Champ versus champ. Adam Vakar versus Banjo Powers. I can't wait. I'm, I'm actually really excited about this match. Yeah, I'm looking forward to it too. Uh, Banjo Powers, fresh off his victory, gunning for the top. Uh, we've seen Banjo progress as a wrestler to where he is now. Um, and Adam Vakar, fighting champion. The last we saw him was in the triple threat match. Um, an incredible outing in that match. Uh, so this, this promises to be a fantastic match in my opinion. Definitely looking forward to it. Yeah, Adam's a, uh, we know he's an MMA fighter. He's a prize fighter. I mean, you can't blame him. We haven't really seen a lot of either El Masterible, Dean Draven, or Adam Fakar after that uh, triple threat match. And can you blame them trying to recover from what was definitely a grueling match? Uh, this will be the first time we've seen the title defended from Adam Fakar since then. Um, hopefully he's had enough time to rest and train because I know he's used to the the bigger, heavier guys hitting harder. Uh, Banjo hits hard, but he's quick. So this is going to be a really good, really good test for the uh, for the new champ. Yeah, for both and, new champs, I guess. Yeah, yeah. Um, so yeah, so that ends uh, this episode, uh, and this ends this episode. Dog shot. Um, once again, a really great show. Introduced to um, a couple of new characters, um, and what. You know, just the way it ended of the match with Ryan and Alex and then Banjo coming out, a very interesting finish, very entertaining finish. Yeah, um, look, I'm, I'm excited to see what's moving forward. I mean, we've got the solution. We've got our first member of the solution, along with Jack Hellering and Nate Carlo. We've we got the introduction of Gigante Piranha, who uh, definitely we're going to see more of. I'm, I'm, I'm sure we will. Uh, we, we did get to hear a little bit of Lido and we got to see title change hands twice and we still we're hearing more about this rumble match people putting their hands up for this rumble match very exciting opportunity and not only that we've got this double top double championship match coming up if you're if you're a fan of wrestle strong dojo and if you're listening to this we know you are this is going to be exciting episode next week yeah, will be a very, very exciting episode. Looking forward to it. Um, just as we're finishing up, just want to mention a couple of things once more. Uh, I mentioned it last week. Wrestle Strong Dojo have their training for beginners. 
um, anybody out there who has ever had the thought of hopping in the ring, giving it a try, definitely should be taking advantage of this. Oh, it's, a, it's a great opportunity. I mean, you can see the kind of talent that's already in the ring with Wrestle Strong Dojo. Um, if you've ever thought of how how you would do in the ring, this is a great opportunity to live those fantasies, live those dreams, realize that, hey, with hard work and dedication and the right training, you could be in that ring too. And the best place for this training is definitely the Wrestle Strong Dojo. So, guys, if you're out there, football player, baseball player, comic book reader, if you want to, be, you want to get into the ring and you want to try your uh, try your wares, this is the place to do it. Yeah echo um sean's words there and also we mentioned it last week um sean and i've been talking about uh, ca- categories for the polls for the wrestle strong dojo podcast end of year awards what i'll be doing uh within the next week is that you'll start to see on the facebook page uh, there'll be polls for people to vote in the different categories we have a few different ones there wrestler of the year match of the year uh some of the ones you're probably uh, you've been accustomed to uh, with a lot of the other end of year awards and maybe even a couple of uh, extra ones in there, a few interesting ones. So, uh, it's, a, it's an interesting show. So why not have a few interesting awards? Um, who knows? Could it be hairstyle of the year? Um, just throwing it out there. I don't think Adam or Elmas Terrible will be winning that <laughs> award. But uh, you never know. I look forward to seeing those polls come. Are we allowed to vote, Elliot? Uh, are our votes counted just the same as the uh as the fans out there i think it is just counted the same you know like we're all fans of uh Rissa strong dojo um on fight tv uh so yeah definitely that's good to hear and it's good for the fans to know that you know one vote from us doesn't equal 10 votes or anything just like the rest of you guys we're fans of the show so if we we're voting for a match we think's the best match of the year it's just as important as how you feel is the best match of the year and so on and so forth for all the other awards. Finishing up on that, anything else you want to say, Sean? Um, yeah, no, it's a uh, Christmas period around the corner. Uh, obviously I hope everyone stays safe, stays, uh, enjoys whatever they can with their family. I mean, it is a tough time this time of year. Uh, this, this, uh, oh, 2020 has been tough for everybody, but it's a, uh, it's a new year's break. It's a happy holidays for everybody. Merry Christmas to you all. And uh, if you do, if you are needing some last minute presents, jump on, have a, have a chat to some of your uh, favorite Russell Strong Dojo roster members on, uh, on Twitter or social media or anything else and see if they've got any, uh, got any shirts or gifts for, for your family and friends. Definitely check those out. Some fantastic ideas. Your wrestling, wrestling merch goes down pretty good. Uh, come Christmas time so I'll definitely be doing that if I was um, a fan of the show for sure uh, other than that look forward to watching this next episode Elliot thank you so much for having me again Sean once again thank you very much and I'll catch you on the next episode see you then see you all or I hope you all listen on the next episode